Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. On this show, I interview life coaches, business coaches, and other coaches to discuss all aspects of coaching and business. We'll also take your questions, and you might have the opportunity for live coaching right on the show. I'm Coach Andrew, Coach Andrew Poritz from Ingenuity Coaching, and I help people transitioning from corporate America to entrepreneurship. My mission is to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams and with my coaching help you to manifest those dreams into reality. If you're listening live, it's 11 p.m. now on Eastern Standard, actually Eastern Daylight Time in New York, and you want to call in with a question, the phone number for the show is 646-929-2893. Again, that's 646-929-2893. You can also go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash coachandrew, log into your account, and you can join my live chat room. You can ask questions there or talk amongst yourselves. So this week I have a guest who is a very unusual kind of coach. I've had accomplishment coaches. I've Last week I had a, a coach who does uh, wedding officiant, and uh, this week I have a goddess coach. So Melissa Zwanger is a coach, intuitive, and relationship expert who inspires and empowers women to awaken their inner goddess. She also coaches men to awaken their inner hero. I should say that in a big, deep voice. Their inner hero and attract love and honor the goddesses in their lives. Her in-depth knowledge of NLP, that's Neuro Linguistic Programming, Tarot, astrology, hypnosis, and yuna helps clients move through life challenges with greater joy and ease. Melissa is also an avid Latin dancer, and through her contagious passion for dance, helps clients awaken their sensuality and capacity for bliss. Her articles have been published in numerous magazines, and she has been featured on radio shows nationally. To contact Melissa, you can go to www.yourgoddesscoach.com And in preparation for speaking to a goddess coach, I am actually speaking on an old-fashioned princess telephone. That's right. So with no further ado, Melissa Zwanger, are you there on the line? I'm here on the line. Thanks so much for having me, Andrew. And what is a princess telephone? Uh, Well, you know, you're you're a little younger than me, Melissa. You may not remember these phones, but uh, the old... old, uh, Telephones from the, the, the days when before cell phones and those sort of things, the old landline phones. One of the phones that came out, they were called the princess phones, and they were um, designed to appeal to women. Probably the most basic phone you can get. Um, so I picked that up at, at a Staples, and and here I am speaking on a princess phone. I thought they were the phones that are the old-fashioned looking phones that you see in the movies that, that are all decorative and pretty. Not that right. No, those those are the queen phones. Okay. I just made that up. I have no I idea. See. <laughs> they call that the, this the princess line. So I'm wow. speaking to the goddess coach on a princess line phone. Very appropriate. Yes. Perfect. So how on earth did you become a goddess coach? That is a great question, Andrew. I actually didn't start out as a goddess coach. It took me many years to become a goddess coach. And in fact, when I first started, I couldn't even imagine becoming a goddess coach because I really wasn't even familiar with what goddess energy was, 
or what a goddess was. I actually began as a fairly straightforward life coach um, after numerous years in corporate America, learning how to market products and eventually burning out because I discovered that wasn't my true passion. And what I discovered when I went to, I went, actually went on this trip to Hawaii in the early 90s, and I discovered that my passion was helping people, was helping people make changes in their lives, was helping people change their belief systems that would ultimately produce changes in their actions, in their thoughts, and ultimately in the way that they were creating their lives. And from that very powerful trip to Hawaii that I took, my whole um, you know, evolution as a life coach began, and that's what started the whole process. And over time, it was very clear to me that I was just loving talking to people about relationships and love and that that's what I enjoyed doing anyway from even when I was back in corporate America. I was doing that on the job even when I wasn't supposed to be and uh, discovered that that was really um, that was really my passion and it's what I naturally gravitated toward. So goddess coaching evolved from love and relationship coaching and seemed like a very natural and organic transition because goddess energy is all about love. Hmm. I think you might be all about love. I think so. People have told me that. People have called me the love coach. People have called me the love goddess. I've been called, hopefully, um, you know, a lot of nice things by people. But generally, I would say that people do associate my coaching with love. And when clients come to me, they say that their ability to love increases, that they receive more love, they understand more about love. So, yeah, that's a really big theme in my coaching. So I, I would like to get a little bit more clarity sure. when, uh, about the goddess energy. Absolutely. It's such an interesting concept. Yeah, well, the goddess, is, in my definition, the goddess is the feminine aspect of the divine. And truthfully, there's not a single place on earth where we cannot experience that energy. And that's because the earth itself is the great goddess. The earth itself is a living, breathing organism. That's why she's called Mother Earth, not Father Earth. And so we are living on this beautiful, feminine, divine being. And so anywhere we go, we can experience this energy if we are open to it. And so what the goddess energy actually is, it's our connection to life. It's our ability to experience our sensuality, to feel pleasure, to feel love, to experience our feelings. It's um, very much about, it's very experiential. And it's also about nourishment because the earth itself is about nourishment and all the wonderful fruits and vegetables that we come from the earth. So that's the experience of the feminine. And that's what I help people get in touch with. And, and how, how do you get help them to get in touch with that? What's the process? Well, the process is actually a very intuitive one. As you know, I am a professional intuitive, so that's how I work with my clients. And um, what I do when I'm working with people is I'm tuning into where they're blocked. Why is it that they are not experiencing this energy? Why are they disconnected from it? And I would say in general, 
most people are disconnected from it because we have been living in a society that has devalued the feminine energy for thousands of years. So this is true for both men and women, that they're both disconnected from the energy. So what I'm doing when clients come to me is I'm looking for that portal. I'm looking for the doorway into the experience of it. So, uh, and each person um, has his or her own way of experiencing this energy. Um, some people experience it by being in nature. Other people um, experience it by exercising their intuition. Other people like to connect to their sensuality through, um, you know, doing uh, very nurturing things for their body, going to get uh, massages and spa treatments and, and, you know, connecting. I think it's very much a physical connection. There's there's a strong physicality to connecting with this energy. And so many people are disconnected from their bodies that I'm really looking to find, you know, the areas where they can connect more that they would really enjoy. You know, the, 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 uh, the song, I Enjoy Being a Girl, was running through my mind right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Who sang that song? That's from, um, from, from an old show. I'm not sure if that's from, uh, it might be Oscar, uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein. Really? I, I mean, I just like the title. It's a great title. Yeah, it is a great title. Now, now there's... Um, so how, how does that energy then compare with the, the masculine side for the men? Well, they're direct polar opposites. I mean, that's why they're called polarities. And so, for example, um, the male energy would be more left brain. It would be more logical. The feminine or female, I use those interchangeably, would be the intuitive. Um, you could say that uh, male energy is about um, action and female energy is about receptivity. So you see that they're, they're both necessary. They're just direct opposites. Um, I would also say, too, that we have both. Everyone has both male and female energies. It's just a question of proportion, and usually in men, it's there's more obviously more male energy, and in women, it's more female. Sometimes that's not true, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay. But we, it's really important to respect that we have both of these energies, and they are absolutely opposite. And that's you know a beautiful thing because if we didn't have opposites in the universe, then we wouldn't be able to appreciate differences. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. So you're saying I I know that you also uh, coach some men regarding awakening their inner hero. Yes. And uh, so here you're working with an entirely different energy and different audience. And how does that work? Well, I've worked with men for a number of years. Actually, there was a time in my coaching practice when I worked mostly with men, which is really fascinating. Because as a woman, it gave me a, a lot of insight into how men think and, and what's important to them and what their challenges are, what their pain is. So I really got a very good understanding of the whole male psyche. And what I discovered is that it's very important for men to be clear about their purpose in life, to be very clear about their direction. and that. So that's one of the things that I work with men on is having that ability to be focused in their life and to know what their purpose is. Otherwise, it's very hard for men to know what their identity is if they don't have the connection to that. So that's one very important place to begin. So so what would happen uh, with a, 
in a relationship where there's where a man is not clear on that. He can't. You know, I use the dance analogy often because I'm, you know, I'm into dance. I've been dancing for years, and one of my dance instructors once said to me that in in good salsa dancing, the man is the frame and the woman is the picture. Mm. And although I'm sure that can alternate. Um, most of the time I have experienced, when I've experienced that frame in dancing, it's when I experience a man who's a very strong lead, and which means that he is leading in the dance, but he's also very tuned in to me as a woman. He's tuned in to my needs and what steps or what kind of turns I like to do. So he's not dictating. He's leading from a, from a place of connection with me. Um, from a place of knowing, wow, this is what brings her joy. This is what makes her really radiant. This is what she loves to do. So it's it's holding direction, hold, being able to hold the direction. So I can tell you that if a man isn't a good lead, if he doesn't know uh, what he's doing on the dance floor, if he's not guiding me or creating that frame, then I feel unsafe. I feel like I can't relax. And then as a woman, I start to take over the male role. And that's not something that, it's something I can do, but it's not natural for me. It doesn't feel like I'm really in my essence when I'm doing that. Um, so I would prefer to be in a dynamic where I am with someone who's a strong lead and where I get to relax and enjoy my radiance with someone who wants to be in that in that space or who actually wants to be um, a leader, so to speak, and it was so funny because when I was first studying dance, my teacher always used to say, you really have to let me lead you and you cannot be <laughs> trying to take over and leading. And at first I was just really angry when he said that to me because I was like, God, I want to lead. I want to be in control. This is what I want to do. And then when I learned how to relax with someone who really knows what what he's doing, who can create um, actually create safety on the dance floor. And I've seen some men do this, where they actually, they're looking around, they're, in a, they're very protective, and so they're making sure that, that no other couple is like, you know, crashing into us. And so I, when I'm with someone who's dancing that way, I have a much better experience, and I can really be myself and relax, because I know that that space is being protected. So that that's the best analogy that I can you know that I that I would say would is closest to what I'm talking about here. You're making me think about this. Is would would dance instruction uh, for a man uh, in teaching him how to hold that frame and and how to lead? How would that help a man in a relationship? Is there a connection there? There is, and in fact, one of my clients is now taking dance lessons, and he is after months of coaching on this topic, because I've been working with him and his wife, he is relaying back to me what he's experiencing, and I'm looking forward to hearing more and more about this from him. But he is he's getting a direct experience of the things that we've been talking about in the session in terms of being, you know, taking the lead, taking action, not waiting for his partner to act, you know, before he acts, to be very deliberate in terms of showing her what he wants and not dictatorial, but just very demonstrative. I would say that that's a better word. 
because um, I'm I'm not encouraging control freaks here. That's not what this is about. This is about you know giving a man the space to really express himself and to do that um, with and ultimately to do that with a receptive partner. And I'm working with his wife on receiving that energy in him because that's something that she hasn't been accustomed to receiving. So, yes, absolutely it can be helpful. And that's not the only way that a man can learn how to lead in a relationship. He doesn't have to take dance lessons, but that's just it's a very good metaphor. You got me you got me thinking because that's something that I've uh, been taking on this year is uh, learning how to dance and uh, I never thought of that until just now when you when you uh, opened that up for me. Oh, neat. So have you experienced that? Have you I'm not far enough along yet with it, mm-hmm. but it but as it, it, more like as you just motiv- remotivated me to uh, to uh, get down to the dance studio, I think. That's great. That's awesome. And I think, yeah, it's just such a wonderful way to to learn these principles, but doing it in a fun way and also it's just so, um, it becomes so clear when you are leading that you are creating direction for your partner. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you're doing. So in a relationship, a man can do the same thing. Wow, and that's I fascinating. Think, and I think that's very exciting. Certainly, as a woman, I enjoy that. Mm. Now, I, I want to get a sense of how you've you've been involved in various uh, areas in the world of coaching, and some of the things that we talked about earlier, uh, NLP and tarot and astrology. How do these if do these things play into your current uh, goddess coaching? Oh, they all do. That's the really cool part that I get to use all these different modalities in my work and in, in this really interesting combination, depending on what is going on for the client. NLP, for example, you know a lot about NLP, right? I know some things about it. Well, in NLP, you learn how to, first of all, change belief systems, which is a very powerful thing. So that in itself is invaluable. I mean, even if I weren't doing goddess coaching, that would be tremendously valuable. But in NLP... You can help people, for example, if they have a limiting belief that, let's say, um, that they cannot receive goddess energy. I could help them literally change that belief to a positive belief. So that's one modality. And also in NLP, there are just, my God, there are just so many different ways in which to help people use their language to create their reality um, also to improve communication with a partner, mm-hmm. the whole pacing and leading. I think um, that's a very common NLP principle where you, in a conversation, you would say three things before you, if you want to talk to your partner about something difficult, you would say three things that you know that that partner would be in agreement with, and then you introduce the new concept as the fourth. So that's an example of an NLP principle that could be clearly utilized in goddess coaching and some of my clients are in relationships some of them are exploring relationships so that's a wonderful skill to have and you're you're also versed in hypnosis which sounds like from what you just described about nlp i i hear some similarities there yes well in hypnosis you actually work directly with the unconscious mind to make changes so you you are 
programming the unconscious mind in a positive way for a positive outcome. So, yes, that it dovetails directly with NLP in that sense. And another aspect of hypnosis, um, enter, it factors into my relationship transformation sessions, which are really exciting because they help people integrate those. Remember earlier I was talking about the male and female energies within us? Well, oftentimes with people, the male and female energies are not operating or connecting harmoniously, typically because those male and female, I call them the inner partners, are mirroring the relationship of the person's parents or some early aspect of their life. And so I use hypnosis, or it's a very mild form of hypnosis, to help people when I put them in a very gentle trance to integrate the male and female inner partners within them. And that helps people have a much more, I would say, a healthier relationship with both male and female energy. Tell me about, I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, HUNA? Yeah, HUNA. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. HUNA is an ancient Hawaiian sacred art, which is just fascinating. And, And when I went to Hawaii to study HUNA, I was blown away by how powerful it is. HUNA has certain... Um, similarities to Reiki, but it's not Reiki. It, in terms of, there are ancient Hawaiian symbols that are used for energy healing, so in that sense it is similar, but there are all these other aspects to Huna that make it really rich and a very, very diverse sacred art. So, for example, with Huna, you can use um, chanting to help shift someone's energy. So, if a person is feeling disempowered or they're feeling disconnected from their own uh, from their source of their inner power you can use chanting to open up the energy to clear blocks sometimes people feel uh, that they sometimes that they have taken on someone else's negative energy either because they were in a place where there was negative energy or because they had a relationship with someone where they took that energy on so Huna can literally help clear that energy using these sacred symbols, using chanting, and also working with the elements, with fire, air, water, um, it's, and, and earth, with all of the different elements, and flow, learning how to literally direct those energies in various ways that can open up all kinds of possibilities for people and, and help shift their energy, shift their experience of life so that they have a much more positive attitude, and they have released, also similar to their connections with NLP, belief systems and attitudes from the past that no longer serve them. It's really powerful. Until today, I have never heard of it. Wow. Well, this is something new. I had never heard of it either. When I went to Hawaii, it was so fascinating because I was so guided to Hawaii, it was absolutely clear to me that I was supposed to go there. Within a very short period of time, I had met six people who came back from this particular HUNA training. I also got a postcard from an old college roommate who lived in Hawaii, and literally almost every time I turned on the TV, I would hear a commercial for Hawaii vacations. So it was really, at that point, 
there was no question that I was supposed to go to Hawaii, and so my travels led me to do this training. And as I said, my coaching career basically was catalyzed by that training. So that was really neat. The universe was saying aloha. It was saying one big aloha. (laughs) (laughs) It was saying the aloha with a megaphone, the aloha that I could not deny or you know, turn away from because it was just so clear that that's what I was supposed to be doing. It's amazing how those messages come. Yeah, that really is. That's uh, very, very cool. So you, you know, you've, you've had specific trainings in some of these things? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm trained as an NLP master practitioner. Mm-hmm. I'm also trained as what's called a HUNA initiate, which means that I received an initiation to be able to practice HUNA, which is mm-hmm. part of the HUNA tradition that each HUNA student is to be initiated by a master teacher before they can go out and practice it, before they're given permission, and we have to take oaths that we are going to be using all of the tools and, and all of the sacred information with integrity and with honesty. So I, that's one of the things that I loved about that training, that we had to be in, in alignment with our own spirit in order to be initiated to go out and practice the HUNA techniques with clients. So it, that felt very much, it just felt very much in integrity, and, and I always like that when those kinds of trainings are telling people, look, you can learn all these techniques, but you've got to practice them with love. You have to practice them with from an ethical place. Otherwise, what's the use? Why do it? That's and right. Are, I'm sure there are people who do, but... Hopefully, I won't know too many of those people in this lifetime, but there certainly are people who, as you know, as I've said in the past, these tools can be used anyway. It just depends on the intention behind them. Everything is intention. So this could fall into the hands of uh, the mob. It, well, you know, it actually what's so interesting is that. Some people believe, and some of the ancient Hawaiians did believe, and, and even modern Hawaiians believe that these practices have fallen into hands of people like the mob. So that's why anyone who is trained to teach these principles is now basically, they are instructed from whoever their teacher was to initiate people in that way so that if these tools because they do affect people's energies and, and, and thoughts and beliefs. They're very powerful. So, yeah, it, and that's why it's called Huna Magic, because mm-hmm. the principles are, the, the techniques are magical, but and, and the difference between white and black magic is intention. If something is used with love and if it's used in a way that's going to help people, then it's beneficial and beautiful. But, it, you know, as I said, those techniques can, can be used with some negativity in mind and that's I think that creates such bad karma I would never in a million years recommend that no matter how angry a person is with someone I would say just do a lot of forgiveness work but don't be, don't be using techniques like that in a negative way it could definitely be used uh, in, in, in one way or the other it sounds like uh, very powerful things to learn Oh, really powerful. And that's exactly why they make students take that oath. Mm. They don't want it to fall in the wrong hands. And I respect that. And I was I felt really honored that I was given the initiation to 
practice HUNA. And so it's just it's one of many different tools in my coaching toolkit. It's not all that I do, but it really comes in handy. And there are some clients that have asked me to chant for them, and it's a wonderful thing. I don't do it in every session, but some clients, when they know that I've studied HUNA, they specifically will come to me and will want to hear the chants because it just opens their energy and makes them experience all this aloha, all this great energy, so they want to hear the chants. So it's it's not part of my everyday coaching, but if someone talks to me about it and, and they say, wow, I'd really love that to be part of my coaching, then it becomes part of their coaching. And that's not that I would want to put you on the spot, but what would is that something you could do on on a show like this for I don't know, is that is there a space for something like that? Well, they, I mean, I think that there would have to be um sure, it would have to be a sort of a sacred space to do that and there would have to be a particular purpose. Okay. But yeah, I think um I think it would be interesting and very cool to do a show just on that, just on Huna practices and principles. And then I would give a chanting demonstration on that show and in a, to create a certain context for it. Because it, it really, the, I'm telling you, Andrew, this, the, the chants and the whole tradition is it's so powerful that it really needs to be respected. So I, I treat it with that level of respect and sacredness. That's how it was taught to me. So, um, and that's also why, in my coaching practice, I, you know, it's it's part of a whole mix of tools. That for some clients, it might just be too intense for them. Mm. And I really try to be sensitive to what people are ready for. You know that from your own coaching, I'm sure. Absolutely. Your own practice. There are some some tools that you might use with some clients, and you might not use them with others. Absolutely, that's a good true, right? Sure, yeah, very true. Um, so, tell me that, about the types of uh, clients you have, or what, how you work with people uh, individually or groups, or what kind of things have you done? Well, I have I have worked in groups, and I do work individually. I work with singles, and I work with couples. I also do teleclasses, which is a great way of working with people on the phone, especially people who aren't in this area. So that's a wonderful, uh, great aspect of technology that we can now do webinars and teleclasses and be able to reach more and more people. And in fact, I will be doing one in the next few weeks, which will be really fun. It will be about detoxification, the goddess way, and I'll be doing that in conjunction with another coach who specializes in using various supplements, and, and she her focus is mostly food and supplements, so we're going to be doing that together. So, yes, I, I do teach in many different ways, and right now I I would say for the last year or two I've been focusing mostly on private coaching, but that's changing as I'm realizing that I would like to make my work available to more and more people, as those as people have requested me to. And... Yeah, the the work itself is divided into different types of I would call it different types of sessions. So there's my goddess coaching sessions which is focused on helping women awaken their goddess energy, helping them get in touch with their um passion as a woman, owning their beauty, um owning their sensuality, having a great relationship, um learning how to relate to men in an empowering way 
sharpening their intuition, getting their needs met, and, and learning how to nurture themselves. So that's what I'm focusing on with in in the goddess coaching, and that is probably the main part of my practice, and I would say growing at this point, because more and more women are really wanting to receive that kind of coaching. And then, of course, I offer goddess readings. Those are intuitive, channeled readings where I would work with various kinds of tarot cards, um, animal cards, nature-based, really interesting decks that have different themes. And I would literally look into a person's life and channel guidance specifically for them, which would help them achieve whatever goals that they're wanting to achieve. The guidance is is so specific, and generally what will happen in a reading is that one major theme will come up. There might be an area where they're blocked, and that information will come through very loud and clear in a loving way, and that person will have the opportunity to move through something really big through the information that's directly coming in from the reading. It's very cool because I will contact the person's angels and spirit guides and answer questions and many of my clients, even my coaching clients, will schedule readings just to get that the pieces of information that they feel they're missing and then we incorporate information from the readings into their coaching. When you do a reading, is that based on uh, client questions or is, do, you, do you just do a reading from from where you start from? Generally what happens is I do an overall reading first before Mm -hmm. they ask me any questions. And many of my clients will tell me that they were going to raise the issues that were brought up in the first part of the reading, that it was already in their consciousness, which I love hearing because it means that the, the reading is going to be very valuable for them. So what will typically happen is that I'll do an overall with uh, you know with any one of my decks, and then we'll look at general themes going on in their life, how things are going, what obstacles they're having, where they're having um, joy, where they're having pain. Is there a relationship that is challenging for them? One reading I did last week was with a woman who was experiencing a lot of pain in her relationship because her partner was very withdrawn and he was having a crisis in his life because he doesn't like his work anymore, so I was guiding her as to, actually that turned into a part coaching session because I was guiding her as to how to interact with him and support him without mothering him, um, without overgiving, and just making sure that she was honoring her needs. So that, and she, that was the question that she was going to ask me about, and it popped up in the very first part of the reading. So that, so that will typically happen. Wow, that's really cool. It is, I mean, it is cool because I love to help answer people's questions. And if I can answer them before they've asked them, I always find that exciting. That's To me, that's a great gift of being an intuitive because it relieves people. They Some clients have shame about asking. A, and they might have shame about asking about a particular aspect of their life or something that's going on. And if I anticipate that by saying, you know, I'm seeing... Um, this is there was one client for example who had this very difficult relationship with her mother and it was preventing her from moving on with her life because she was giving so much attention to her mother and she was chained to the family finances and didn't feel that she had the confidence to move forward with her own work and her own gifts and i knew that that was really difficult for her to talk about and i just brought it up 
and she was so relieved that this came up and that she received this guidance because she knew that this was the missing piece in her life and that she needed to get support in this area for her to move forward. So I was pleased that I was able to to give her that support without her having to, um, you know, to struggle in terms of asking about it. You know, if, if you could just uh, answer all my questions before I ask them, I could actually go take a drive right now. That would be a great thing, Andrew. But yeah, you know what? that would be so I haven't, do, I haven't done a reading on it, so I don't think I'm going to even attempt that one. Yeah, just as well, I don't own a car. Well, then we don't have an issue, do we? No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Now we, uh, we have a, a still a few more minutes left. If anybody is listening who has been thinking about calling, the number is 646-929-2893. So, so far we haven't had any call-ins today. Which was, it's late. It, it is late. Sleeping. Well, they're, but they're not sleeping on the West Coast. Oh, that's true. They, that is absolutely true. They should be glued to their uh, Internet radios they right now. They should be. That's right. I mean, well, I it is Mother's Day, which is actually, it is the perfect day to be talking about goddess energy because, and I, I was thinking about that earlier, that um, in a way this this show um, or my appearance on the show was well-timed. It's sad for me because I lost my mother last year. Mm. Um, and on the other hand, I, this is another opportunity for me to experience the energy of, as I was saying earlier, the Divine Mother, the Great Mother, Mother Earth, because she's always there. She doesn't die. She's there. And so um, that's been an important part of my own practice and my own, I would say, my own daily, um, yeah, my own daily spiritual practice is to connect with this great mother, divine mother energy. And that's what I also teach my clients how to do. So they always feel like they have this beautiful mother goddess energy with them. And sometimes we need it more than others. I definitely needed it today. And so it was perfect timing to have to talk about this because when I talk about it, I'm able to call it in. So really uh, very well timed. Yeah, this is uh, my my 14th Mother's Day since uh, not having a mom, uh, not having a living mom, I should say. Wow. And how, how is it each year for you? Do you find that it's different? Is it a different experience each year? Is it worse, better? I think I think uh, it's gotten better. Um, I think for a very long time on Mother's Day, in the days leading up to it especially, and every time I'd see a Mother's Day uh, ad on the television, I'd just uh, immediately turn the channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. And uh, I didn't feel that that much uh, of a charge this year around that. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and I guess every year it's, it, it, it could change year to year, and some years it might be more intense, and other years it might be less intense, depending on whatever you're going through. I know for me it was very intense, and because and, it was so recent. And I think um, it, it probably is for many people who've lost their mothers. It's something that never, you know, never leaves. It maybe becomes less present. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because your your mother is your introduction to life. So that's really important relationship, regardless of 
whether it was joyful or painful, it's an important relationship no matter what. Absolutely. So uh, I definitely re- uh, I give honor today to all all mothers. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet on Twitter, but I tweeted about really celebrating the inner mother because huh. we all have one. And so often we don't even recognize that we have this inner mother, this nurturing mother within, and the more we can cultivate that inner mother, the more nurtured and loved and the more of the goddess energy we experience. And that's a beautiful thing, whether you're a man or a woman, because we need it. We all need it. Indeed. I did not see that tweet. I, I tweeted a couple of times uh, about Mother's Day, uh, mainly to, you know, to take the time to honor honor your mother. Yeah. And to well, enjoy that you enjoy your mom while you have while you have one. Yes. On this planet. I well, mean my mother is always with me. So, so I, I have to always make that distinction between having a mother who's living versus not having a mother at all because she's always there. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing is that, you know, when people pass there's still a relationship there, just that the relationship changes. Exactly. It's a different relationship, but it's still there. So we just honor whatever that relationship was and is and is becoming, and it changes over time as we evolve. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important to honor it in whatever way is right for you. I was going to say that um, that the difference is that I, you know, my mother no longer tells me to you know wash the dishes or something, but in fact, I often will hear my mother's voice. <laughs> yeah. My Watch favorite time is. Andrew, uh, yeah. Well, wait, my favorite my favorite time of hearing my mother's voice is when I'm about to open up the refrigerator for no good reason to pull something out that is really not a good time for me to be eating something, and I think of my mother saying, uh, "A moment on the lips, forever on the hips." Well, I guess that's. Um it's a good way of getting your hand out of the refrigerator. It, it, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think that's what, whatever works for you. If you are hearing that voice and it's helping you stay healthy, then great. So uh, we just have a, uh, really uh, under two minutes left now in wow, the show. That so fast. It did, which, which is because it's so great to talk to you, Melissa. Great to talk to you, Andrew. always is. Oh, thank you. So uh, here's a good time to uh, let people know, again, how to contact you. The best way for people to contact me is to go to my website, which is www.yourgoddesscoach.com. That's yourgoddesscoach.com. And when you sign up on my mailing list, you will automatically receive my 10 tips to awaken your goddess sensuality for free. And even though that's really targeted toward women, I've had a lot of men tell me that that's really helped them too. So that's a wonderful thing. And I just want to let people know that I do offer a 20-minute complimentary session by phone. So when you get into the site, you just click on Free Session, fill out the questionnaire, and I will contact you for your free coaching session. And that's how people can reach me. I'm really looking forward to hearing from people. I hope that people do contact me with questions or to have a free session or just to check out my website. And you uh, had mentioned earlier that you have... That you have a um, upcoming teleseminar, is that something you'd like to mention right now? 
Yes, and actually I will be announcing I'm working on the date with my colleague who is um, my wonderful colleague who I'm doing this teleseminar with. So the best way for people to find out about that is to sign up on my mailing list and I will be announcing the date and the details and that will be free. So Terrific. that's a wonderful thing to uh, to you know have on your calendar as soon as it's as soon as we have the dates. Awesome. Well, Melissa, thank you so very, very much for, for being on my show. It's been really a treat and, and an honor. Oh, Andrew, it's been my pleasure, and it's always great to talk to you. It's a wonderful show that you have. I'm just very honored that you invited me as a guest. Oh, my pleasure. So uh, everyone listening, thank you for, for listening to The Coach's Corner. Again, my name is Andrew Poritz, and you can find me at www.myfuturecoach.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash coachandrew. Thanks for listening, and good night.